Good evening and welcome one more time to the University of Spiritual Warfare, Bible Code 7, University of Spiritual Warfare. We take great delight in welcoming you, welcoming you on board with us tonight. We are so dis- the delighted that you have taken time out of your busy schedule to be with us, and we are just so excited about what the Lord is doing. Great is his faithfulness, and great is his mighty works. Now, I know that we're living in days, times, when things are going up, people are worried, people are getting to be frustrated, people are looking at the media and see what's going on. As of this moment, blizzard, 2,000-mile-long blizzard is going to blanket from the northeast all the way down into the south west or the southeast area and we see that people are truly beginning to feel the pinch of inflation they're feeling the pinch of the worry and all the things that are coming up on the world at this time just when they thought that there was a little light at the end of the tunnel they are beginning to see something else to blanket that light and to blot it out but here's a story that's only if you're looking through human eyes. And that's not where we are supposed to look through. We are supposed to look through the eyes of the Spirit. The Bible warned us and told us that this is what we are supposed to do. And we're not going to get around the Bible. So let's take a little checkup from the neck up of ourselves. We're going to get real with ourselves tonight. So we're going to ID ourselves identify ourselves we're gonna we, we're gonna make sure that we really examine ourselves tonight I want to start out with Romans 5 Romans chapter 5 on the third verse we're gonna begin with verse 3 and we're gonna make sure that we look at ourselves take a deep look on the inside mm-hmm we're gonna do a spiritual x-ray of ourselves and make sure that what we're looking at is what the Bible gives us to look at and then we want to compare what the bible says with what's really inside of us romans 5 verse 3 not only so but we glory in tribulations we glory in tribulations what does that mean we delight in tribulations difficulties challenges also knowing that tribulation works patience patience experience and experience hope so in other words patience means a character builder been through this before done that jesus is going to take me through so in other words if god leads me to it he's going to bring me through it yea though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death i'll fear no evil no nothing can make me be afraid so we are to glory in tribulation when difficulties or challenges come bring it on baby i'm up to the challenge you see i don't have problems i have challenges things come to challenge me like goliath came to challenge david and who ended up winning david did the challenger lost david did not see him as a problem david saw goliath as big as he was and he was too big not to be seen he saw him as a challenge he didn't see him as a problem david saw goliath as a challenge and he took it on as a challenge so when he took him on as a challenge tribulation works patience and patience experience and experience hope and hope makes not ashamed and david was not ashamed David put his hope in the Lord. He declared his word. And he challenged Goliath in the name of the Lord. So are you doing the same thing? Are you looking at your challenges? Are you looking at what you're about to go through? Are you looking at what you're going through, what you're into right now? What's your situation? What's your condition? Are you into something where your body is afflicted? Are you into a situation where you have no job? Are you into a situation where because... Uh, you have not volunteered to be injected. You're looking at losing your employment. Well, that's a challenge. That's not a problem. It's a challenge. So we are to see that all these things here are challenges, and there is a way out. And if God brings you through it, he'll lead you through it. 
Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. Understand carefully that nothing shall separate you from the love of God which is locked up in Jesus Christ. Now, God does not desire for us to stay in one place, one condition, and in one situation. We are led into situation. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You're walking through. You might not be running through, but the Bible says, even though, yea, even though we are walking through, I will fear no evil. Fear is not in my heart. I don't walk through anything with fear. So God is telling us, number one, fear must go. Pack up that fear, pack up doubting, let it go. Ex, ex, expel it from you. Discharge it from you. Burn it with fire. Tell that demon it must go. It's a spirit. It's a spirit, a demon that God did not give us. The Bible says God did not give us that demon of fear. He gave you the power spirit of love and a sound mind. And we must understand that we are to do something. So when we are looking at ourselves, giving ourselves a checkup from the neck up to that, examining ex uh, deep in our hearts where we are, where you are, what, you, what you're doing, uh, what's your condition, you're going to take stock of that condition tonight because you've got to look and see exactly what's going on. And you're going to find some stuff that you need to throw out and some stuff that you need to bring in. And tonight, as we look at this, uh, we are seeing that there will be tribulations. There are worldwide tribulations right now. And uh, unfortunately, there will be more to come. It's just a warm-up, okay? Jesus told us, these are just the beginning of sorrows, and we are to prepare ourselves to endure, go through, push up, rise up against the things that come to push us down. Now, I know some people have a mentality they can't cope, they can't give up, they can't, uh, they can't fight. I don't have any more to fight. Well, you know, if you don't fight against certain things, you're going to cave in. Those things will bury you, literally. And Jesus said, it's not your time to die. So you're going to have to make up your mind what you're going to do. I've often taught you that when you, when you are get up in the morning, you have to get up with a fight in your heart. I shall live, I shall not die. I will not die. I will declare the word of the Lord and the works of the Lord in the land of the living. Because my God promised me that with long life he will satisfy me and show me his saving grace. And although they encompass me, they circle me like bees, I, in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. You're not going to destroy me. I will destroy you. And I make no apologies for destroying you because that's what my Bible tells me. This is my positional standing. And for this reason, I was born. Now, I wasn't born like this. I had to build myself up. And this is what I want to, point number one, I want to bring to you tonight. You got to build yourself up. You're not born. You're born and uh, I, 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 I was born and nothing and nobody. I was not saved, okay? But I built myself up over the years. And it doesn't happen, snap your finger. No, it happens over a period of time. To build larger, stronger muscles from puny, weak muscles, you go to a gym. You work out diligently week after week, month after month. And I know what I'm talking about. I go to a gym three times a week. And I'm religious about it because I see something that is working. And I know what it's doing for me. And in the same manner, I'm religious about my spiritual warfare. I'm religious about my spiritual muscle building. Do you hear what I'm telling you? So to build longer, our larger, stronger muscles, from puny weak muscles, you go to a gym and you work out diligently week after week, month after month. And so you have to do spiritually. To build greater spiritual muscles and faith, you go to the Word of God. 
And you decree his words with conviction and authority consistently, daily, weekly, monthly, multiple times a day, yearly, nonstop. It don't happen no other way. And of course, you've got to do a fast. <laughs> That's a nasty word sometimes to some people. You've got to fast. Actually, it's a great word. As physical benefits. That's why many people feel so lousy. Ugh. And it has spiritual benefits. I taught on fasting last night. and You can get that. That will not be on YouTube. Uh, University of Spiritual Warfare it will be under Spirit and Life Global Outreach. You can hear about fasting. I taught on that last night for a little bit over an hour. But to build spiritual muscles and faith, you need to go to the Word of God and declare, decree His words with conviction and authority, and you do so consistently, multiple times a day, weekly, monthly, yearly. We must understand also that when we go to the Word of God and we begin to declare the Word of God, as I said, we back it up with what? Fasting. It is only the Word of God that can do it. And as you declare the word of God time after time after time after time, uh, it goes back to another teaching I gave, if you sling enough mud up against a nice wall, some of the mud is bound to stick. So when you begin to declare the word, declare the word, declare the word, what does it do? It begins to stick in your brain, in your conscious mind. You begin to commit it to memory, like a little boy, like I was. Two times two is four, two times four is eight, two times eight is 16. That's how I studied my time table. That's how I learned math, repetition. And that's what it's going to take. So you've got to recite the word constantly until the word gets in your spirit, until that word is a reflex action. Things happen, don't worry about it. Why? Because the word says so. I'm not going to worry about it because... The Lord has this under control. So this is how we're going to glory in tribulation. And this is how I'm going to build myself up on my most holy faith. All right. So God now becomes, he takes over and he becomes what? Your personal trainer. Oh, hallelujah. When you begin to do that, God becomes your personal trainer. And he will allow tribulations to come to you. Because tribulations are a spiritual muscle builder of character. God is not after just your good looks and your beautiful face. Hello? When you look in the mirror, you see a beautiful face? I know I look in the mirror and I see a picture of myself. I say, look at that guy. That guy surely is handsome. Of course he is. That's me. And you do the same when you look in the mirror. That's a handsome guy. That's a beautiful woman. Great. Don't think of yourself as being anything less, regardless of how many birthdays you have. Whether you have a bald head like me or a gray beard, it makes no difference. Because I'm not looking at my outer appearance. I'm looking directly through what I see, and I'm seeing the person on the inside. I know who that person is. Oh, hallelujah, don't I know what the person is. I'm looking at you, and I'm in your corner, because I want you to be built I want you to be ripping with muscles, spiritual muscles. I want, my God, if the devil comes to take, a, take a, 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 a test of you to see what you made of, you'll rip him to shreds. Why? Because you're a wildcat. You're a warrior. No more pussycats around here. You're a wildcat. So, God becomes your personal trainer, and he will allow tribulations to come on you because tribulations are a spiritual muscle builder of character, experience, and hope, which will never allow you to be ashamed. So the Bible tells us, once you begin to hope, hope will not allow you to be ashamed. Well, I want to take you past hope. Is there anything such thing as going past hope? Hope is when you Hoping for something and you don't have it. Well, I'm going to tell you something. You can get past hope, and this is where God's people need to get. Hope is when you're looking for something, but assurance is knowing that it's going to come. It must happen. So I'm past hope. I, I want to bring you into assurance because God said it. It's got to happen. There's no debating. 
the word of the living God. There's no questioning the word of God because that word is Jesus Christ himself. And the Bible tells us that, that Jesus Christ was made flesh and he dwelt among us. So even though it might take a while, there is absolutely positively no failure to believe that the word is not going to happen. It will happen, and it must happen. And my declaration of the word, it must be brought into manifestation. And this is where we're going to go tonight. So understand, God will not leave you hanging ashamed, high and dry. Through trials, you will prove God to be faithful and on time. Oh, God, where are you? Oh, Lord God, did you hear me? Well, honey, he heard you. He will be faithful, and he will be on time. And you know what most people don't do when they're going through a situation? They go through and they cry out to God, and they cry, but they don't fast. I taught on fasting last night. And the more I teach on it, the more I have faith in fasting. Back up, your, back up your crying out to God with fasting and see what God will do. Just as he said, and I'm going to tell you, God, when you cry out to God, God will say, here am I. I'm right here. And he will do so speedily. That's what the Bible says. Go back and, and get that teaching. You need that teaching, Isaiah 58. And see, because God responds to his word. He does not go outside of his word. He responds to his word. And I want you so rooted and grounded in the word of the living God that you will not doubt him. Because, you know, I hear people talk and they say, oh, well, I'm a Christian, I'm going to heaven, but my God, you can't believe God for certain things. How do you think you're going to get there? You know what it takes to get to heaven? It takes faith in Jesus, rooted and grounded. And if you cannot believe the law for certain new things down here, my God, what level of faith are you at? The Bible says the fearful and the unbelieving will never make it to heaven. And I don't want you in them two realms, those two dominions, fearful, full of fear, and unbelieving, where you think you believe in your rat loss, certain things, because that's a church talk. How are you, brother? I'm blessed and I'm highly favored. That's talk. Do you really believe it? How do you get the blessings and how do you get the favor? There's a strategy to get it. And I don't want you to just talk a talk because I hear or I heard sister so-and-so or brother so or preacher so-and-so say so. I want you to live it. I want you to experience it. No more of this nonsense talk because you heard it. I've been through all that and it didn't get me nowhere. The devil is still beating my brains up, okay? Been there. I was a victim, doormat for Satan. The Lord showed me how not to be a doormat no more. So I want you out of that nonsense. How are you, brother? How are you, sister? Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. That's a talk. I want you to live it. I want you to step out of hope and step into assurance. Why? Because my God said so in his word. He cannot lie. When it comes to certain things and the devil doing all of his stuff, bring it on, baby. Numbers 23 and 23. There's no divination. There's no enchantment against Israel, the church of Jesus Christ. Nothing can work against us. Why? Because I'm declaring fire and burning sulfur down on you. You can't come near me. You can't touch me. Do you hear what I'm saying? So I want you past all that. Through trials, you will prove God to be faithful and on time. God is an on-time God. Cheer up, because your faith must be built and your faith must be tested. You must adopt an attitude of knowing that there is greater to me than the eyes can see. That one sees of me is not all that there is. People look at you, and they look at your outside appearance. They'll look at a white beard and a bald head and say, look at this guy. He looks like a nice grandfather, really. You don't know you're dealing with a ferocious lion. I might have a grandfatherly look, but I'm uh, uh, the look of a teddy bear. But don't mess with me. I'm deadly. I am what? I am deadly. I'm vicious. 
I'm a nice person. I'm carrying Jesus. But don't mess with me. For in the name of the Lord, I will destroy you. You could surround me like bees, but in the name of the Lord, I will destroy you. You will not destroy me. I will destroy you. Why? Because the word of God says so. The spirit of a warrior dwells in me. I will live. I shall not. I'm not a survivor either, baby. I'm not a survivor. The Bible didn't say I shall survive. No, the Bible says I shall live and not die. I'm going to live, and I'm going to live a good life. The Bible says, Jesus told me, he says, Beloved, above everything else, I want you to what? Prosper. I want you to thrive. I want you to flourish, and I want you to be in good health. Even as your soul prospers in the Lord. That's why he gave me code 7 and told me, Release it and teach my people. No more of this. Blessed and highly favored, but you're beat up. You're blooded and you're bruised inside. You, you, oh, my God. You're hanging on your last thread. But, oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. Oh, Jesus. You ain't living no kind of life to match up with what you're saying. Well, I want you to declare it, and I want your life to match it. Do you hear what I'm telling you? No more talk the talk. And you ain't living the talk that you talk. <laughs> I want you to understand that you've got to walk around with an attitude. I carry Jesus. Greater to me that you can see, brother. And there's a greater is he who's in me than he that's in the world. You see, first thing you've got to do is you've got to burn all the bridges of bad, corrupting influences behind you. Burn those bridges. Go back in your past and talk about all those things you hear people say, all those little cliches that you used to talk. And I told you about your speech already. Oh, I'm broke. I'm sick. I'm afraid that so-and-so. Huh? And you, you, you talk all kind of stuff. I'm confused. And you say, I am, I am. And, and the I am that you say of yourself, you're killing yourself through your speech. I'm confused. I'm sick. I'm broke. I'm this. I'm that. And watch what you say. So all those bridges of bad, corrupting influences that are behind you, it's, it's going to take time. Burn them. Bad company, people that talk stuff and gossip, and they, all, they never have anything to talk about the Lord, what God is doing and praying. Bad company. Bad negative thoughts. Burn them. Select your company. Do some changing. Are you thinking negative thoughts? Oh, my God, this is going to happen. The devil come and bombard your mind with thoughts of failure, defeat, negative situation. Oh, you see yourself on a sick bed. Oh, you see yourself this happened to another. That's negative self-killing thoughts that bring the speech. And when you begin to listen to the wrong crowd, negative people, and they, they, they give you a negative image of yourself, Huh? The music you listen to, the movies, the videos, the television, all those things that bring negativity to you, bring you down to being a serf, to being a servant, a slave. You need to burn that rubbish off. You need to get your Bible and let your Bible define you and affirm you. Nobody know you. You don't know me. I say, you don't know me. Oh, you're going to try to affirm me and tell me who I am and what I can do and what I can accomplish. You ain't my maker. You're not my creator. I've been down that road before. Yeah, I listened to the news. I used to watch that television and suck it up. Oh, what was he telling me? He was destroying me, keeping me as a slave, confused, bound, oppressed, tormented, sick, and lame. God, I didn't know any better. Had me as a yo-yo. Oh! Down, up, down. But you got to burn that stuff. And understand that Jesus has come to set you free. And when Jesus sets you free, huh, you're free indeed. And that's where I want you. I want you in the Word. Shut off all the negative influences that tell you stuff. Self-killing speech. 
that keep feeding you topics. You, you hear people say certain things. Uh, I, I go into certain places. I talk to a, a, a people all the time, you know, and, they, and the minute they say something, I say, well, you know something? By what you just said, you're not going to change. You're not going to get sick. You're not going to get well. Hmm? Because the first thing you tell me, you're sick. <laughs> but I say, well, what do you mean? I say, well, God, when he went to Jeremiah, and he told Jeremiah, Jeremiah, I want you to go and I want you to tell all the people. Jeremiah says, I'm a boy. I can't speak. I'm a child. What did God say to Jeremiah? Jeremiah didn't have no beard. He was not 13 yet. So what, what happened? Jeremiah said, I'm a child. I can't speak. God says, do not say you're a child. Because anywhere I send you, you are going to speak what I tell you. And he put his hand upon his mouth and he touched his mouth and said, you shall speak what I tell you to speak. But God, I'm only telling it like it is. I'm a child. Yeah. God, I'm sick. I'm telling it like it is. The MRI shows this. The X-ray shows this. The this shows this. The report shows this. Yeah. Keep on saying you're sick, okay? You talk sickness, that sickness will take you out. But when you begin to talk Bible, when you begin to talk truth above facts, truth will obliterate the facts. Truth will wash out by the blood of Jesus Christ the facts. Because truth is fire. Fire and a hammer is the word of God. It will beat every sickness out of your body. It will bring wellness to you. You hear what I'm telling you? We don't deal with truth, uh, uh, facts. We deal with truth, the word of the living God. So make sure that you are beginning to understand and identify certain things, your pattern of speech, your thoughts, people talking to you, all that television, the videos and all that stuff, the music downloading on you. You'll never amount to anything because you have all that stuff to keep you enslaved. Burn them all and cut them off. Cut them loose. Misery loves company. You're not a companion to misery. Speak to all that rubbish and tell it no more downloads on your mind. You're destined by God to be a thought leader. Your thoughts must lead because God has put his thoughts in you. You're an eagle and you're going to soar like one. You're going to soar like an eagle. You're not a chicken, clucking chicken, ground scratching chicken. You're going to soar like an eagle, not a barnyard chicken. That's why you're different. If you don't know the difference in you, you can feel the difference. Because sometimes, you see, uh, my granny always tells me, you see, uh, if you show me your companions, your friends, I'll tell you who you are. Uh-huh. If you don't hang around with barnyard chickens, that's what you're going to be. So let's pick up from here. Let's stop trying to be like anybody else and let's press forward. You're different. You can't fit and you cannot be like one of them. I tell my grandchildren all the time. I say, a square peg cannot fit in a round hole. You're not one of them. You can't fit one of them. And I tell them and I pray, God, pull them out, block them, hinder them, make them feel uncomfortable. You're not one of them. Don't try to fit in. You can't fit in. That's not your crowd. You've already been affirmed by Jesus. Your affirmation comes from Jesus, from the Bible. So don't try to fit into people's affirmation and be one of the gang. You're not one of the gang. I'm not ordinary, and you're not ordinary either. God's super is on my natural. And God's super is on your natural also. So how in heaven's name are you going to try to Figure yourself. I'm just a human. I'm just a man. I'm just a woman. No, I'm not. Don't try to label. Don't put no label on me. You don't know me. Only Jesus knows me, and only he can label me, and I know his label for me. I told Jeremiah, he said, Jeremiah, you are above. I've positioned you above the nations, and above the kingdoms of the earth. Why are you trying to fit in down bottom? If you're above the nation, that means your office is higher than that of the president, the billionaires, the governor, 
Why are you trying to fit the governor and try to be one of those boys or one of those girls? That's not your position. That's not where Jesus positioned you as a child of the living God. He positioned you above the nations, the races of the people of the earth. And he positioned you above all the kingdoms of Satan. And he pronounced kingdoms, above the kingdoms of the earth. Well, there's only one kingdom of God, of which Jesus Christ is that king in that kingdom, and you represent him. So what does that leave you? It leaves you just like Isaiah, Jeremiah, any uh, 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 God's prophet in their time. They're dead and gone. You're the modern-day Pauls, Isaiah's, Jeremiah's. I was telling someone the other day, about two days ago, I said, you know, the Lord put some heat on me, and he told me, and he, I finished my last book. He said, and he said, how many books have you written? And I said, he said, you know what he told me, and I never thought about myself. I said, you're a scribe. I said, oh, I never thought about myself as a scribe. A scribe is somebody that writes. And writes the, not only the inspiration that God gives them, but writes the inspiration of somebody else. So God gives you an affirmation. He gives you a responsibility. He gives you an assignment. Don't try to fit anybody else's thing. Get to know what the Lord is doing in your life. Because God has given you a nature to match what you're called to do. The nature of a lion is in you because the lion of the tribe of Judas is Jesus. The lion of the tribe of Judah is Jesus Christ who dwells in you. So what do you need to do? Because that lion is begin to act like one and roar like one. You see, Jesus is the real lion. Jesus is the word. So if he is in you, then you must be releasing the word of the living God. You must be releasing the fire, the fire of the word of the living God. And if you're not, boom, force correction tonight. Blood of Jesus against that lying devil. You're going to do so tonight because you carry Jesus. I said, you carry Jesus. Who oh, you mean that? I don't care how many pounds you weigh, whether you're male or female. I'm telling you, you're a child of the living God, and you're a Jesus carrier. You carry the lion of the tribe of Judah. Ferocious, bold, unstoppable, unconquerable. You're more than a conqueror to Jesus that you carry, and this is who you are. You're going to start acting like it. You're going to start moving in the spirit like it. Because I want you to wake up tonight, blood of Jesus, against that lying demon. You're going to wake up. And if you didn't fast today after teaching last night, if you heard it, you're going to fast tomorrow. And if you can't fast tomorrow because you're working, then I want you to fast on Saturday because I'm prophesying over you. You're going to change. Brother Elijah, in the, in the Bible, Brother Elijah didn't know the effects of his ministry because, you see, he didn't have medium and certain things. Brother Elijah, he ran from Jezebel. He ran, and when he, God stopped him, and he, God says, give me a report. What's going on in your life, son? And he says, God, I'm the only one left. They have broken down your altars. They have defied you. They have all gone to the devil. They're kissing the feet of Baal. They're setting up an altar. He didn't know nothing. I'm the only one left. <laughs> I'm the only one faithful and true to you. <laughs> and God says, hold it, son. Calm down. Take a deep breath. Sit down and chill out. Relax. Look, my son, I have 7,000 people left in Israel that have not kissed the feet of Baal and that neither have they bent their knee to worship him. Be okay? You did a good job. You do the teaching. Leave me to do the counting. You be the messenger boy and teach and tell what I tell you and leave the rest to me. That's why I'm an impassioned messenger boy for Jesus. 
when it comes 8 o'clock and I have to start teaching whether anybody's on the line or not, boom, I'm starting. Doing what I got to do because he has commanded me and assigned me to do what I'm doing. Nothing is going to stop me from doing what the boss says. I'm going to teach and teach and teach and teach. His business is to get you fasting, you praying, and changing you. You change it to suit his word. That's not my responsibility. I can lead you to water, but I can't make you drink water. I can wipe your nose for you, but I can't blow your nose for you. And if you teach and teach and teach and the people don't listen, there will be somebody who will listen. Go somewhere else. Teach, but keep teaching. Somebody else will come and listen to it. I learned a, new, uh, a proverb. Well, it's not really a proverb. It's a statement, an old proverb, a cultural proverb. When the learners are ready, people are beginning ready to learn, then the teacher will appear. You see, there are people out there seeking and searching, but they haven't found the teacher yet. One of these days, through the mediums that I'm at, I, 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 I am over different mediums, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, and different mediums. People will find me because the Holy Spirit of God will lead people to find these teachings. I'm not worried. Jesus will do the rest. So when the learners are ready to learn, when the seekers are seeking and they're seeking truth, Jesus will bring the teaching word, the messages that I have, he'll bring me and connect me with those people. When the learners are ready, the teacher will appear. The apple is ripe, the apple must fall. So here is Jesus Christ, the lion of the tribe of Judah. No one knows your talents, your value, your true worth, and your purpose but Jesus. And he is bringing you into a deeper understanding of who you are and who he is every day. There are some days I go through, I feel like I've flubbed it. I feel like this, this day was a wasted day because I didn't really learn anything. I didn't grasp anything. So what do I do? I get back in the Word and I begin to declare the Word. And if I have to fast, I fast. And then guess what? Jesus gives me a brand new revelation. When he, with that brand new revelation, it's like brand new fire in me. Yes! Hallelujah! I'm on fire again. Because there are days come and I think, oh God, nothing happened today. I didn't hear that fiery word from the Lord. I didn't hear that thing that really spurred my spirit. So I feel, oh my God. You feel like there's no purpose in your life, you know? You feel like today was just an off day. But guess what? Dig a little deeper. Because one more whack with an axe will get you to the point where you hit the well. And here comes the water. So don't give up. Don't give up. No one can define or affirm you but Jesus. His word declares who you are. People don't know you. So don't let people go identifying you. They only see you, your outward appearance, your skin color. And even if they know a little bit about you, they still don't know you. As much as I love my wife, married 48 years, I still don't know the girl. And she still don't know me. I know she has not know a lot about but I don't know everything about her. Only Jesus knows her. And only Jesus knows me. You understand what I'm telling you? The content of your character, the fire that rages deep within you, desperately designed to do and to become someone great for Jesus and to fulfill your destiny and your purpose. God is still preparing you. You are still a work in progress. Do you hear what I'm saying? You are still a work in progress. He ain't done with you yet. You're still the clay on the wheel. And he has not finished molding you yet. You're like a fine diamond, my God. He has put a few facets on you. And you're looking good. You're looking good. Yes, yes, you're looking real good. And you sound good too. But he says, look, you're still on the chopping board. You're still here so I can put more facets on you. You're still a diamond in the rough. Not because you're a diamond and I put one or two or three or four facets on you and you're looking good. You're not finished yet. God has some more work for you to do. He has not brought you into the fullness of your destiny 
Not yet. And you must wait on the Lord. And as you wait, you must do his bidding. You must declare the word, dig deeper in him. That fire must never be allowed to go out in you. God, there must be something greater. I want more of you. Must be fanned into a blaze in you. I am that fanning instrument using this book and using the word of God and using what God has given me through Bible code 7 to fan you into a great spiritual fire to burn like a mighty roaring inferno for Jesus Christ. I ain't seen nothing in you yet. That excites me. But I know it's in you. My job, my assignment is to continue and continue and continue and continue to download in you until one day I hit that word that's like the gasoline or that C5 explosive that goes in you and boom! Trigger you and you explode! The mighty infernos for Jesus. Signs, wonders, and miracles. But you see, it has to happen in you. you got to get serious about him. you got to start drawing near to him so he can draw near to you. Isn't that what he says? Draw nigh unto me or draw near unto me and I will draw near unto you. It ain't him drawing near unto you and then you cozy up to him. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, you draw near to Jesus with your fasting, your praises, your thanksgiving, and let him draw near to you. Let him tell you a couple of secrets. The Bible says the secrets of the Lord, not any just the one secret God, is with them that fear him. And by the way, I want to tell somebody in the same vein, God, God is not a one-window God or a one-door God. So when a door closes to you, he'll open another door. Thank you very much. He's got windows in heaven. That's what he tells me. That when the tithe is given, he says, I'll open the windows of heaven and pour you out blessings more than you have room enough to receive. That's the God I serve. That's the God we serve. He ain't no one window on one track, one door God. No, he ain't no pauper. He owns it all. I said he owns it all. And your portion is still coming. Uh, your double portion. Because you're firstborn. Oh my God, don't let me start preaching in here. So you got to keep that fire raging in you. Because I want to see you fulfill your destiny and your purpose. The Lord knows that you have been told enough times that you won't make it. You'll never amount to anything. And most things start when you're a little girl or a little boy. You won't make it. You've been told, no, don't, more times than anything else in your whole life. You've been reminded constantly by even your family and your friends, you're a failure. You're a loser among many other names. You're constantly reminded how many times you have failed by the scorekeepers of your failures. How many years you have lived your life under this umbrella, these curses, and they must be broken over you. And that curse breaker, I know you're looking for a curse breaker to come and speak over you and the curse is going to be broken. Let me tell you something, it don't work that way. See, many people today, they don't carry the anointing of an Elisha. They lack the anointing. And all those big people on television, they're talking and talking and talking. All they're talking is jive because they don't carry the anointing that can break the curse and break the yoke. So I God raised me up and showed me, listen, you can do it yourself. Because in the Bible, there is a strategy. And I don't want to call it a formula. I can call it a strategy. That's what he told me. And he said, this is the strategy. You can break out of jail. Mm-hmm. Your jailbreak has come. Against all odds, you're going to break those shackles. You're, you're going to have a jailbreak. You're going to make it. Why? Because Jesus is still on the throne. And Jesus is just about ready for your jailbreak right now. And for you to get your jailbreak, you need code seven. You need to be unshackled. Better must come to you. 
People have written you off from maybe you're a child. But Jesus has written you back on. The devil has said no, but Jesus said yes. And when Jesus said yes, you're the sure winner. You're the sure champion. You're the mighty man and you're the mighty woman of valor. That's who you are. He didn't call chicken Gideon, you lousy little chicken. No. The angel came, the pre-incarnate Jesus came to Gideon and said, You mighty man of valor. What? You must be talking to somebody else. Me? I'm the least in my house. I'm the least in my tribe. My family is the least in our tribe. And our tribe is the least in Israel. We're the smallest tribe. My family is the least, the poorest of the tribe. And I'm the least in my house. Don't you see I do all the dirty work around here? I mop the floor. I feed the pigs. I do all the nasty work. I'm the least of the least of the least. I'm the least in Israel. That's why I chose you, buddy. That's why I'm here. I came from the least of the least of the least. I don't know how you feel tonight, whether you're just feeling, well, I'm just an ordinary guy. I'm just an ordinary girl. I'm just an ordinary person. Well, Jesus is saying, I come to you. You are the least of the least of the least. Well, I want to use you because, you see, I want to make something great out of you. I've been looking for somebody like you all this time. Now I found you. Now I'm going to make something great out of you. I'm going to make a great person out of you. Woo, hallelujah. Your jailbreak has come. You're going to beat the odds that are against you. The words of God that we promote and we talk about in Code 7, they are spirit and life. Nothing beats the word of the living God. Do you hear what I'm telling you? Heaven and earth shall pass, but these words shall not pass. Not one dotting of the I, not one crossing of the T shall pass. Everything must be fulfilled. God's word is the guarantee of God. Mm, God's word will set you free. Uh-huh. God's word guaranteed to deliver the goods that are promised in the word. These words are not mine or man's. They belong to Jesus. And guess what? Just in case, I have to tell you again, that word is Jesus Christ. John 1 says, And the word of God was made flesh. He dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, full of grace and truth. How can that word fail? How can you fail when you begin to use the word of the living God? You can't. Hmm? The God will speak to you spirit to spirit. The eyes of your understanding will be open. You will come out of the cage, all locks that you have locked yourself in with, or someone the devil has locked you in and locked you up with, will be unlocked. You will be set free. The chain shall be broken in the name of Jesus. You're going back to your future. You're going back to your destiny. Yes, somewhere along the line, the destiny that God had for you was marred. It was diverted. Just like Joseph. God had a great destiny for Joseph, you know, but his future and his destiny was diverted. He was taken and put in a pit. Sold into slavery, went into prison, divert his destiny, but God got him back on track. God took him from the prison and put him in the palace. In less than an hour, he was second to Pharaoh. Bam! A ring on his finger, power and great authority given to him. Back to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Back to your promised blessing. Isn't God awesome? I prophesy over you tonight. Something is going to be triggered in you. I just want you tonight, if you didn't hear me last night, I want you to fast tomorrow. If you can't fast tomorrow, fast on Saturday, Friday evening to Saturday evening. And you begin to declare the word of God. Tell the Lord, Lord, I'm sick and I'm tired and I'm fed up of my life the way it is. I want to break out of this jail, this prison I'm in. My mother, my father, my grandmother, my grandfather were insignificant people. I want to do something mighty for Jesus. Because your success is guaranteed. Your word of God is your guarantee. You hear what I'm saying? 
I want the champion that's in you to be awakened in you. Hmm? I want that moment to come when your spirit begins to jump up and down. And you begin to say, yes, there is something jumping up and down in me. There is a fire raging and burning in me. Something must happen. It's 2022. The devil of hell is raging out there. Something must happen. Jesus, use me. Something must happen. I'm going to fast. And the anointing of God must come down upon me. Give me my assignment. Oh, God, you heard me teach about Caleb. Caleb was 85 years old, and Caleb said, he said, listen, uh, I, I don't, I, I, I'm just as young right now, at 85 years old. That's my biological age. But I am just as young as when I was 40. In other words, my physical age is 40. Give me this mountain where the giants live. I am just as able to go out and come in and to make war just like I was when I was 40. I want this mountain. An 85-year-old man, he was still feeling his oats. Now I want a fire to begin burning in you tonight. Because you see, Jesus needs some people to do some work. The Goliaths are out there bellowing. Generation Z is being destroyed. The LGBTQ crowd is taking over. My God, people are in such confusion. And guess what? They don't want the older folks, the grandmas and the grandpas, the mommies and the daddies. They want the children. I want some people to join me. And I want them to rage with a fire burning in them from Generation Z, our grandchildren, because they're after our grandchildren. I want when you hear the talks of the Goliaths bellowing, I want the spirit of the warrior to come alive in you. And you begin to boil with fury and fire. You get in your prayer closet and you begin to code the word of the living God. Say, Father, in the name of of Jesus, I tear down this works of darkness in the name. I'm just one man, one woman, but in the name of Jesus, I declare that this is your word. This is what you said, and I declare your word must come to pass. I've been telling God, I think, God, your word declares Galatians 6 and verse 7. Whatsoever a man soweth, so shall he also reap. And what these jokers are sowing, let them reap it in the name of Jesus. Your word declares, Psalm 11 and verse 6, that upon the wicked you will rain snares of fire and burning sulfur. You'll rain down a horrible fury. You will fill their cup, the cup of the wicked, with the fury of the living God. Rain it down, Father. Bring it to pass. Because this is your word. When you declare the word of God, don't call no names, but he will do what his word says. The righteous judge will respond. Have we prayed against the traffickers many, many times, and only to behold a couple of days later in the news media, you see where multiple traffickers have been and caught? Huh? Why are you stopping praying? Why are you believing that your prayer don't work? Why do you make the devil make you believe you're, you're insignificant? You don't count. Why do you make the devil believe that you don't count for nothing? You feel like you're chump change. It doesn't work like that. Psalm 39 and verse 3 says, My heart was hot. Ushaya. Kara siyoshata. Psalm 39, verse 3 says, My heart was hot within me. And while I was musing, while I was thinking, that word muse means thinking, the fire burned within me. Then spake I with my tongue. What are you going to speak? What will you speak while you're burning with fire and you're thinking? Hmm? Fire raise up in you and burn. And you feel like you're something, you get angry in your spirit. David said, then spake 
I with my tongue. What will you speak? I don't want you to speak nonsense. I want you to declare the word of the living God. I gave you two Psalms, Psalm 109, Psalm 83. You need to declare them. If you feel hot, you feel angry, they surround you like bees, but in the name of the Lord, I will destroy you. I shall live and not die. I want you to get hot within you. Let your heart begin to blaze. While I was thinking, fire burned in me. Then spake I with my tongue. What will you speak? What will you then say to these things? If God be for me, then who can be against me? Release the scripture. While you're hot, uh, make sure the words you're releasing are not your words. Make sure you release God's word, because when you're hot, <laughs> he put that fire in you, Woo! and you release that hot word, fire, in fire, because you got the fire of God raging in you, and you get the word of God, which is fire, and you begin to hammer with that fire. You begin to hammer on an anvil of fire. God is about to do something. I just gave you a little clue right now. When something anger you, something get, make you angry, and I'm not talking about when you're angry with your children or your husband or your wife. I'm talking about some wickedness or some evil that you see. It makes you angry. Your heart was hot within you. You're burning. And you're thinking, the fire burned. I am raging. Don't be explosive now. Don't go saying nonsense now. Channel that fire. Put it in a certain direction. Don't waste it. That's God's fire. That's the Holy Ghost fire. I learned something here tonight. Don't let that fire go and you just get angry with somebody you don't know what to do with it. And you just let it die out. That's not what that fire is for. God give you a rage against some sinful, wicked things. What do you do with that fire and that rage? My heart was hot within me. And while I was musing, while I was thinking, fire burned within me. What will you do with that fire? Hmm? Well, get the word of God. Because then he said, then speak I with my tongue. What will you speak? What will you then say to these things? That's when you declare the word of the living God. And then you declare it with fire, with passion. Not one time, not two times, not three times, three strikes are out. Not four or five times. No, go again. Seven times. Hallelujah. That's what the fire comes for. I know you're going to change tonight. Something is triggered in you tonight. I need you to fast tomorrow. Tomorrow's Friday. If you can't fast tomorrow, then do it Saturday. Something must break. The time of a jailbreak is now. Time of a change in you is now. I want tonight... That your heart is going to begin to burn within you. Psalm 39, 3. I want you to look at that scripture. Psalm 39, verse 3. Pray it. Ask God. Let my heart burn hot within me. God, while I'm thinking, give me something to pray for. Give me the word. While I'm praying the word, while I'm declaring the word, God, in this heat, this passion of fire, you do the rest. You take over. Why? Because the battle is not yours. The battle is not mine. The battle is the Lord. Don't tell me you can't fight this thing. And don't tell me that we have no effect. Oh, well, the Bible says the devil is going to do this and the devil is going to do that. And we've we lost and the devil has won. That's not what the Bible tells me. I stick with what the Bible says. I stick with biblical authority. We know what the back of the book says, but it doesn't mean that you're, st you're ineffective. You will be effective. And because so many people believe, they don't know, they, they, they didn't study the Bible, and they listen to what people tell them. And because the amount of people that are really releasing fire is so far and so diminished, we're ineffective. The church is virtually ineffective because the church does not know its authority. The church has been deceived. 
The Judas goats have come in the church. They have deceived the church. They have deceived the pastors, the big pastors on television. They have become mamby-pambies, sissies. They have become little pablum teachers. No, you don't know what pablum is. Pablum was like baby food. Hmm? Looked like watered down oats. That's what you feed babies. That's what these pastors are teaching. No, we need to teach the word. We need to teach fire. We need to teach Jesus. The unadulterated word. The Bible says that when God is ready in the book of Revelation, he will pour out upon them, unmixed, undiluted his word upon them. Well, if God is going to pour out the unmixed, the undiluted word, the straight, powerful word, the all-powerful word 100%, well, we can do the same too because I got the word of God right here in my Bible. It's 100%. Why would I want to water it down by buying somebody's prayer book and they got their words mixed up in there? Why would I want to really, uh, even listen to some people when they, and they're not teaching me something on how to weaponize the word of God? I want the undiluted, unmixed word of the living God leaving my lips in fire, in the heat, in the passion. My heart burns. And when I release that burning, undiluted word in the ears of the living God, his word, he will take his word and he will act upon his word. My God, the fire didn't belong to me. It belongs to him. He put it in me. Why? Because he wants me to release the word with fire and fury. He wants me to roar like the lion of the tribe of Judah that dwells in me, with the word of the living God. Why? Because he wants to do something about it. I refuse, and I close with this, I refuse to live my life a mediocre, wishy-washy life, living by somebody else's standard, living by somebody else's teaching that don't line up with the word of the living God. When I stand before Jesus, I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. As God gave me his word, I'm going to give that word. You hear what I'm saying? The fire that he gives me to give it, that's the same fire I'm going to give it with. Whatever he meets out to me, I'm going to meet it out there. Of course, I'm going to teach the word. I speak the word in love. But when it's a judgment word, huh? No weapon fashioned against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rise up against you in judgment, I'm going to condemn you. I'm going to rip you to pieces. Why? Because in the name of the Lord, I will destroy you. When I'm done, somebody's going to live. But it won't be you. It's going to be me because that's what the scripture tells me. I shall live. I shall not die. Now I will declare the works of the Lord and the word of the Lord in the land of the living. And I want to proclaim over you, your enemy shall die in your place. They shall die and not live. You hear what I'm telling you? Just like the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, they all died. 185,000 of them killed themselves in one night to spare God's people in the same manner. So shall all your enemies die in your place. Code 7 warfare. There's the time for it. The wicked are getting wickeder. The rich wicked rules over the poor. Don't ever forget that. Proverbs 22, 7. The root cause of all of what you see coming here. The injections, the lockdown, all this mix-up. People are losing their businesses, losing jobs. Everything is an upheaval. Why? Because of the rich. Because of the rich. They're the ones doing it. So don't run around and think it's your white neighbor, your black neighbor, your Chinese neighbor, your Hispanic neighbor. No, 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 no. It's not a racial thing. It's a satanic thing. More than anything else, it's the rich who rules over the poor. 
that's bringing about all this trouble. So no, the 10% that controls 85% of the world's wealth, they're the ones that's bringing about all this upheaval and chaos. So know how your prayers are going. Don't use your own word. Use the word of the living God. Come alive tonight. Fast tomorrow. You can't fast tomorrow, fast on Saturday. But let that fire begin to burn in you. Then your mouth will begin to speak. May the Lord bless you tonight. May the Lord keep you. May he make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord God lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Both now until Jesus returns for us. Have yourself a fabulous and outstanding night. God bless you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.